Welcome back to the Other Side of 45 podcast. I'm your host, Randy Black. This podcast is about taking chances, owning my mistakes, addressing generational and family trauma, completing my 50-50s by 50 list, and my life as a singer and nester. Believe it or not, I used to write. Now, I don't know if I was a good writer, but I did put pen to paper a few times in my 46 years. I wrote about my grandfather years ago for Skirt Magazine. Skirt Magazine was headquartered in Columbia, South Carolina, and they expanded to Atlanta some years ago, and I wrote an article for them that they published in Skirt Magazine. I also used to write articles for nonprofits for their newsletters, and when I was in college, I wrote a paper about my great-grandfather's death. I was fortunate enough to have met my grandparents, both of them. I was young. So I understood that they were my grandmother's parents, but didn't really appreciate it. I do now, of course, because partly because I've been tracking my family tree. And I so wish I had gotten information from them while they were still with us, even though I was way too young to understand what that could have possibly meant. And if you've listened to my podcast episodes in the past, you know how much I loved and missed my grandfather. Now, my great-grandfather was addressed as great-granddaddy amongst those of us who were, in fact, his great-grandchildren. But he was called grandfather by our granddaddy, by my mother and her siblings, because they were his grandchildren. My great-grandfather has stepped from what I was told, my great-grandfather had stepped on a rusty nail and it was left untreated, which caused him to have an infection. And at his age and his health, it eventually took his life. That's what I remember. Now, I recall seeing him working in a yard and really the very few memories I have of him are of him working in the yard. He would always have a rake or a shovel or something, doing something, planting something, raking something, digging something. He was a small man, a little shorty, and he really didn't say much. At least it didn't seem that he said that much when I was growing up. At the same token, I, I can't really confirm because I was a child and I'm a child and I probably was running around playing and just didn't hear him say much. But to me, I, I don't remember having a lot of conversations with him. So I was listening to the adults talk about the infection and how he had a rusty nail in his foot. And I don't remember all the details. Anyway, I heard the words, granddaddy is dead. And I was devastated, hurt, pain, the, all the not hard stuff when you hear that someone you love has passed away. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I can't believe this. My grandfather is dead. Now, I'm sure you have surmised that if the adults were talking and they said granddaddy, they were talking about their grandfather, not mine. So I wrote one of my college papers about this experience and how horrible it was to think that I had lost my grandfather. At the time of me writing the paper, my grandfather was still alive. Therefore, the thought of him dying made me emotional. It's a very difficult paper for me to write. It was also, it started off funny and then the realization that what could happen. Now my professor liked the paper and I received a much well-deserved A because like I said, I used to go right. Then I wrote a paper about my grandparents' education. 
And my grandfather dropped out of school, and I believe he was in the fifth or sixth grade. And my grandmother, maybe eighth or ninth. I, I don't remember exact grades, but they both dropped out and had limited education. It was a different time. And not having a high school diploma back then was not uncommon. When I remember when I was in elementary school, school, I would go to my grandparents' house and I was doing homework. And my grandfather, like I said, due to his limited limited education and several strokes, he couldn't read or write. So when he would see his young grandchildren reading out loud and writing, it was actually a really big deal for him. And I remember him asking me one day when he heard me reading, and he said, oh my gosh, you can read? And I was like, yes. And he had this big smile on his face. And he was like, good. And he giggled a bit. And, and he told me to keep reading. Now, I love to be able to say, and I do believe this, that my, I was my grandfather's favorite because I was. But I was not the only one he said this to. And I remember um, him delighting and seeing my younger cousins reading and writing. Now, my grandmother, she could read and write. So she was in charge of all the household duties that required reading and writing, of course. And she also managed my grandfather's affairs, you know, things that he couldn't do um, due to his lack of knowledge. My grandmother went back to school and received her high school high school diploma in 1995. Man, I was so proud of her. And the thing is, she didn't actually need her high school diploma, like for a job or anything, but she just wanted it. And I remember talking to her about going back to school. And I was like, Grandma, why are you going back to school? And she said, I've always wanted my high school diploma. I don't want a GED. I want my high school diploma. And that meant a lot to me because it was personal for her. So the two of them were my inspiration for a lot of things that I've done. And my grandfather owned his own business. He was a mechanic. So, you know, without the ability to read or write, you know, there was a lot he couldn't do. And he understood his limitations. But he wanted more for his grandchildren. And I think that's why it's hard for me to hear my relatives, my younger relatives, take education so lightly. I just feel like we were given opportunities that my grandparents were not afforded. Certainly not my our great grandparents. And I remember starting I started researching our family tree a few years ago, but I ran into so many roadblocks that I kind of just lost interest and I got just I just got discouraged. Now this year, 2021, it was the year that I said I was gonna be all in. So I said, I'm going back. I'm going to plead our family tree, at least get as far as I can. I knew I wasn't going to be able to get too far, but I was going to do what I can until I couldn't. And being of African descent, I knew what I would find, of course, enslavement. And of course, I did find that. One of the things that stuck out to me was when I was reviewing like, the census records, and they would ask if you know the person could read or write. And there were several in my family who had to answer no. Another thing that was interesting to me was in reviewing documents that listed incorrect ages of the children. So you would have a document, like a census report or a birth certificate or whatever, 
and it would say that this child was born in a certain year or list or age and then a document that was maybe a year or two older or previous would have them have the ages completely wrong so you know you i i reasoned that if you are unable to read and write you may not know how old your child is and you may not know how old you are now believe it or not this is true in my family so when my grandfather passed away I had to provide my grandfather's age to the funeral home and I didn't know it but I asked my grandmother and she gave me an age range yes an age range and I thought that was a little strange I was like how do you not know and she said that my grandfather never had his birth certificate and that the few documents that they had when they got married were destroyed in a fire, a house fire. And I, I do know about that house fire. They, my grandparents lost a lot of things, so we didn't have a lot. They don't have a lot of things from when they were first married and before. So I don't know if they still do this, but years ago, you could use your the family Bible as proof of your date of birth the thing is if the dates were incorrect in the family bible then all the documents that was used to document your date of birth was also incorrect but when i saw the census report and i read that my family members of my family were unable to read or write it reminded me of my grandfather and how he reacted seeing his grandchildren reading and writing and i thought we are our ancestors' dream. I saw it in my grandfather's eyes, and although I may, I will never ever be able to speak to my ancestors and tell them how far we've come. I know they wanted more for their family. Because my ancestors were navigating in a world that was not kind to them, and education was a luxury that they couldn't afford. They had to work in the fields to care for their family. My ancestors had to rely on a race of people that treated them inhumanely. Now, FYI, I was able to trace my roots to the plantation that my ancestors were forced to work on. I also found some slave records for that plantation. And if you really want to get angry, look at slave records. Those records don't list names, just ages, sex, and race. And so, when you look at race and the word that they use, it hurts to see that word because it confirms what the slave owners were doing with the enslaved women. A white creator on TikTok posted content about finding slave records in his family home. And he had a lot of black people commenting that he should make those records available to the descendants of those that were enslaved. And he was like, you guys, this, these records don't have a lot of information, like names. <laughs> but the commenters were still encouraging him and other white people who have slave records even if you don't want to give them the original because he was like oh they're just sitting and you know we never look at them and it meant so little to him and they were like look even if you want to keep it just make a copy and if those descendants reach out to you or if you know how to reach those descendants 
offer them a copy of those slave records. And so I asked myself, I was like, would I want a copy of those records for my family? Now I've seen some records and I'm not even sure if those are the right ones for my family that list those are enslaved. But if I had the actual record from the plantation's fam, the plantation owner's descendants, would I want those records? And the answer is absolutely I would. And and even though it doesn't list the information that I want, it doesn't have names, it doesn't have dates of birth, knowing that there's a record of my people that I can own and share with my family makes my search that much more complete. Now, I've, I've done all I can do right now. I need a South Carolina library card. And I'm trying to get my family on board to go get a library card, but they are not there yet. <laughs> but once I can get convince one of them to get a library card that I can use to continue my search, I'll get a little bit more information, hopefully. But right now, I don't have any newsworthy stories like being related to a notable figures. Matter of fact, I don't have any stories about my ancestors. Just a little information I can find online. So when I encourage my children to do well in school and to go to college, I think of my grandparents and those ancestors that couldn't read or write and those that had to live a life that I can only imagine. So I make it my business to celebrate our accomplishments because I know that there are people in my lineage that did not have the opportunities and couldn't celebrate life the the way that we can. Like, I'm able to start a podcast. I can own my own business. I can go to school. I can buy property. All sorts of things that my ancestors were unable to accomplish. Each generation has done better than the last. And I'm proud of that to say about my family. As a matter of fact, on December 2nd, 2021, my youngest daughter was inducted into the National Council of Negro Women. I was so excited. I'm still excited. I'm always proud of my girls. I went out and bought the Mylar numbers, number balloons, 1935, 1935, the year the NCNW was founded. And I hung those numbers from my stairs where they sit today. Now, if you want to see pictures of the induction ceremony, you can go to the other side of 45's Instagram. Now, my daughter joining this organization is something to be celebrated. And maybe one day in the future, someone in our family will see her membership in the NCNW and be inspired like I was with my grandparents. Our ancestors may have had to list no when asked by the censor taker if they could rewrite but their descendants are taking strides that they could only dream of. As I sit comfortably in my home, recording a podcast, watching my daughters live their best life, I can confidently say we are our ancestors' wildest dream. And as the great Mary J. Blige says in the theme song of my life, just fine. I like what I see when I'm looking at me, when I'm walking past the mirror. Don't stress through the night, at a time in my life. Ain't worried about it if you feel it. Got my head on straight, I got my vibe right. I ain't gonna let you kill it. You see, I wouldn't change my life. My life's 
just fine. So meet me on the other side of 45. the podcast, the blog, YouTube, and Instagram. New episodes will be released every Monday. And also don't forget to go over to the other side of 45's YouTube channel for my first vlogmas. Okay, so let's talk about this vlogmas real quick. So due to some technical difficulties, I was unable to start the vlogmas on December 1st as planned and announced. So it turns out my phone is old, too old to edit video or upload video to YouTube. I mean, I can't even, I couldn't send the video to my daughter for editing. Um, I was supposed to download iMovie to my phone and it won't take it because my phone is too old. So we're trying to work around that. I, I'm going to pivot. And I will figure this out. So maybe, hopefully, I'll be able to do at least 10 days of Christmas as my Vlogmas. Perhaps on one of those Vlogmas, I'll ask Santa for a new phone or a camera or something. But as it stands right now, we are going to have to try to figure something else out. Like, I'll get one of my children to re-record the video that I recorded that is just sitting there doing nothing because I can't edit it. <laughs> Either way I go, I will keep you posted. Just keep visiting um, my Instagram and my podcast will be able to tell you when I actually get a video up. I'm very excited, very excited to hopefully be able to get this done. So I appreciate you listening. Again, meet me on the other side of pop. 45's podcast, blog, YouTube, and IG. This episode was released on Monday, December 6th. See you next week.